Hallelujah. Oh, I love it when God moves in here. I'd hate to go. Praise God. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word. Just to rest upon his promise. Just to know, thus saith the Lord. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him. How I've proved him o'er and Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus. Oh, for grace to trust him. And I'm so glad, so glad that I've learned Precious Jesus, Savior. Boy, that's a mouthful, Savior and a friend. And I know that Thou art with and will be with You know, I can't tell you how beautiful it was to uh, hear my mother. I had recorded her singing her and I were driving down the road and we were singing I'll Fly Away and to play her, her own voice standing outside in that graveside saying our last goodbyes and to hear my mother's voice standing at her graveside and singing I'll fly away oh glory I'm telling you you gotta hang on to this folks I'll never understand why my mother went through the most painful trials for the last 10 years of her life. The pain, the heartache, the fear, the, the loss of memory and the struggle. But I guarantee you right now, 10 years seems about like that. <laughs> it's hard to see it from this side. But 10 years when you get into the eternal realm, it's just like that. And I don't, I can't promise you you're not going to die young. I can't promise you you're not going to go through some hard times. But I can promise you that if you put him first in your life, no matter what happens in this life, you're going to have a wonderful time when we get over yonder. Hallelujah. Somebody worship right now. The God who's ordering your steps. Hallelujah. And I'm so glad God is not, you know, impatient. If you combine all of our, Brother Farhat is probably one of the most patient people I know. I know he goes over the edge sometimes, but Lord, look what he lives with, a house full of women. I mean, sorry women, we had to have you to get here, but y'all are, you know, tough in a house full, a wife and three daughters, good Lord. I thought I had it bad with two daughters and a wife. That's a patient man. And, uh, but you combine all, and Brother Joe Arrington, he's a pretty patient man. And uh, 
Brother West is a really patient man. I'm not. Notice I'm not putting myself in that category. I do know my weaknesses. I'm not that dumb. Uh, but all of our patience combined does not even begin to scratch the surface of God's patience with us. Because he's got a journey in mind. And man, if I'm not careful, I'm going to mix. I found out the problem. I'm not preaching enough. Because when I do preach, I put all these thoughts together into one. And I end up with about five messages when I should just be preaching one. So I did catch myself last night. And I was working on two sermons at one time. I said, no, that don't fit here. That goes over there the next time you're preaching. So I've tried to spare you all all that. And, but God, God is a very patient God. Uh, for those of you that need an update, Update on my, um, I almost blew my cover the other night. Uh, would you stand up? Um, just stand up, yeah, come on. Uh, Heather and I run a foot race at Friday Night Live, and you, you can be seated, thank you. And, and I couldn't stand to be, uh, my, my, my old nature come in, I couldn't stand to be beaten by a woman. And I had, I had worn my clogs, and so I pulled my clogs off, and I pulled my socks off, and my feet were a little wet on the bottom. They were leaking, I guess, on the bottom of my feet, just enough. And I didn't fall. I have supernatural ability, and I was going so fast, and I kicked in the turbo, and my feet started coming off the ground, and I was... But I didn't want nobody to know I had that kind of superpower. Are you thinking I'm lying right now, girl? I will call you out. <laughs> and so as I'm coming off the ground, I didn't want nobody to see that I could fly. And, and so I started trying to come back down, and my landing gear was broken. And it, and it was not a smooth landing, y'all. And Brother Pegram come around the corner just in time to see my landing gear break as I slid across the concrete floor and I fell forever. I mean, for because I didn't want to give up and so I tried to, and so in the process of my landing gear, I pulled both of my Achilles. Now I done fine until I got home, but yesterday morning I crawled everywhere I went through the house because I could not walk at all. I, I could not walk, so I crawled. And uh, thankfully, Dr. Shear was mercy on me, and he, he shot me in both uh, feet. And I'm, I'm fine today. I can dance and worship God. But uh, y'all almost saw that I could fly. Psalm 37 and 23, Lord, forgive my lying spirit. Psalm 37 and 23. Tonight, if you have about, if you can put some of your words into about 30 seconds, because there's going to be several after service tonight, and we have a special guest speaker speaking, and after service tonight, we're celebrating the West and all that they've done here next door, and it's decorated beautifully. Amen. There'll be... There'll be finger foods and dessert and we'll be honoring them and they've got, uh, got a special table for them. I hope you've picked up a card and put a token of your appreciation in there uh, and they, they don't expect much. If, if you give them, if all you can give them is a dollar, they'll understand. If you can give them a thousand dollars, they'll get it. <laughs> they'll understand. Uh, 
So whatever you can do just to show them your love and help them in the transition of moving and all that stuff is so expensive. And my, what a beautiful job they've done here, and we love them. So we'll be honoring them tonight. There's already a, uh, some things that's been done. But if you have, and you can put it in 30 seconds, because if you go past 30 seconds, I'm going to take, take, take you and pull you and say it's somebody else's turn. So compress it. But I'd like for as many of you that would, would just stand in that, in that room tonight in that party and just say something special that they've done or meant to you. Amen. That'll be tonight. 37 and 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. Amen. Lord, I ask you to speak to us today through the power of your word. Let your hand rest upon us, I pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your kindness, and the ordering of our steps. We would not know how to get there without you. As the song says, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. Let your presence guard and guide us in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, bless you as you're seated. I just felt as I was praying to tell you that as your pastor, I appreciate your faithfulness in tithe and offering in this church. We don't. We do have a. We do have a strong note payment. Uh, we had just our note payment alone here seven thousand a month, and then we have twenty something air conditioners, and they don't always get shut off. And doors, people, people stand with the doors wide open and let all that try to. I guess they're trying to cool the parking lot. I don't know what it is, but but uh, Sandy May, it's so good to see you, sweetheart. I love you dearly. I, I am awake up here, and I love seeing you sitting by your granddaughter. Amen. Or great-granddaughter. Just a granddaughter. See, I done got in trouble, but she'll get me back. Believe me. Um, but I thank you for your faithful support of this church. We don't ever have to ask for money uh, in this church. You never hear us pulling, pleading. God keeps his hand upon us, and the reason for that is your faithfulness. And I want you to know I am very, very thankful because in today's society, people call you a fool for paying your tithe and offering. They'll figure it out one of these days. It's going to be too late, but they will figure it out. But I want you to know I appreciate it. Amen. And I, I, I want to I move forward with time. I was going to read this whole chapter. Man, it's a powerful chapter. Um, how, how many of you would do homework if I ask you? I'm not going to ask for a raising of hands, but before the day's over, maybe put a note in your phone, whatever, and read this whole chapter, Psalm 37, because I'm not going to do it for the sake of time. Uh, but I, I just want to drop through there uh, as, I, as I make my way to our text. This is the chapter that our text comes out of, uh, just some little scriptures along the way, 37.9, evildoers are going to be cut off. Um, uh, yet a little while, and you're, the wicked, you're not going to see them anymore. God's going to catch up. You don't have to decide who's right and who's wrong up there on Capitol Hill. God will determine that. Uh, if it's Elizabeth or Donald, it, God's going to figure all that out, and he's going to put a whooping on them that Ajax can't take off. Okay? So it, it, whatever's going on, God's eye is on it. Uh, 37.11, the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. That's an awesome verse there. This chapter is just amazing, or it's not a chapter. Psalms is not chapters. Revelation does not end in S. It's not revelations. It's revelation. It's the revelation of Christ. You, you TBC students, make sure you get that. And, and I heard a preacher here say revelations the other day. I don't know what he's talking about. There ain't no revelations in the Bible. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ. All them bugaboos in there, that doesn't matter. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's what's important. 
And it is not chapter of Psalms. Psalms does not have chapters, they are songs. So when you hear me slip and say chapter, it's not right. That's, you can throw stones, whatever. But in the Psalm, the 37th Psalm, the wicked have drawn out the sword. That's in verse 14. But they think they're going to get up, uh, get away with it. Uh, but it's not going to, it's going to enter their own heart, the next verse says. Uh, 37, 16, a little that the righteous man hath is better than the riches of many wicked. So I don't care how much money Epstein had, I'd hate to be where he's at right now. Because he ain't enjoying any of his islands or any of his houses right now. He's standing before God, and if he's guilty of what they said, I would hate to be in his shoes. So he's not on one of his Caribbean islands, I promise you, right now. Uh, 18, the Lord knows the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. If y'all notice I'm a little discombobulated today, it's because my wife is on the wrong side. And so I'm used to looking over here for, you know, to know if I'm headed in the right direction, you know. It's right under, she's right under God there and helping me find my way through this stuff. <laughs> so the second has moved over here and it's kind of, kind of messing, messing me up. Um, so let's get to our text. It's 23rd. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. And I love the next verse. Though he fall. It's a pretty good chance that something will trip you up along the way. And though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Um, we've just come through the unique transition. It's always so neat to watch a baby come through and that's uh, Grayson has learned to walk and he's still in that stage where you know he's not sure if he wants to walk or crawl. And so when we see him trying to make that progress, I've seen many of you do it. I've seen Brother Kevin do it. Y'all, y'all take him by the hand and you're helping him walk. And he don't really even comprehend that. And today, God has got some of you by the hand. You don't even realize it. He's got you. He's got your hand and he's holding you. And I feel him holding me right now. I feel his hand in our lives. And, and I'm so grateful for that because the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord and though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. And then that next verse just bam right into it. David said, I have been young and now I'm old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. He is ever he is ever merciful and he lendeth and his seed is blessed. Amen. So I'm asking you, read that chapter a few times today or let your phone play it to you, whatever you want to do. But verse 34, it says, wait on the Lord and keep his way. That's why I just couldn't rush him knowing what we were wanting to hear from the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. He said, I've seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a green bay tree. Yet he passed away and lo, he was not. Yea, I sought for him and couldn't find him. 
Verse 38, but the transgressors are going to be destroyed. They're going to be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. Let me just start out by saying in this message, uh, when the Spirit of God searches out the hearts of humanity and he begins to draw a person to himself, it is the beginning of what can be the most amazing journey known to mankind. Now you can drop out, you can walk away from him, you can leave him, uh, but if you stay on that road, it is the most amazing journey. When Jesus Christ becomes your savior and washes you in his blood at baptism and fills you with his spirit, you have received an, an onboard guidance system that can take you from your pit to his paradise. That's what you've got. When you receive the blood of Jesus over your life and the power of the Holy Ghost, he can take you from the pit that you've made your life into his paradise. It, the thief on the cross, just one word, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Took him off of a thief's cross and said today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Amen. Second Corinthians 5 and 17 said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a New creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And I'll just throw this out there. You say, well, I, I, became, I become a Christian and then I sinned. Well, I'm gonna promise you, you didn't feel the same way about the sin after you became a Christian than you did when you were just a sinner. Come on now, can I get a witness? And you are a new creature and because of that, sin don't even feel good anymore. And we're pretty dumb. We still go back to it sometimes because we are thick-headed. But it don't, yeah, we're stiff-necked, hard-hearted, but it does not feel the same anymore because we've been made a new creature. In the eyes of God, you receive a new identity. You receive a new outlook on life. You receive new promises. You receive a new future. You get a new set of friends and you receive a new family if you want it. The church becomes closer to you than even your own family because their, their heartbeat is the same as your heart. Amen. It's just you're not moving in with me. We ain't doing no, no, no way compound here. I don't need, you stay at your house, I'll stay at my house and we'll be happy. No compounds here. We'd be family, we'd be close, but not that close, okay? Because me and you don't eat the same cereal there. That's a good enough reason. You receive a robe of righteousness according to Isaiah 61 and 10. According to Ephesians 6 and 13 through 17, you're given a locker room with an armor of God in it that you can use if you so decide. Brother Farhat preached a beautiful message the other day with the, with the big guy up there on the platform in armor. You see, your loins can be girt about or encircled with a band of truth. You can put on a breastplate of righteousness that keeps your heart pure. You can have 
have your feet shod like a horse gets shoes put on them. You can have your feet, only God won't use nails on your feet. You can have your feet shod with the preparation of gospel of peace and that's why beautiful are the feet of them that carry the gospel. Amen. You are issued with a shield of faith wherewith you are able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. You're given a helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. Now that helmet is kind of like a motorcycle helmet. Some choose to wear it, some don't. I'm about 50-50. I'm just praying the day I have it on is the day that I have a mess. Not the day I decided not to wear it. But you have a choice with the helmet of salvation. And sometimes we're crazy and we try to go without it. So God has given us what we need. He is helping us in every way. Once you're filled with the Holy Spirit and covered with the blood of Jesus, God no longer sees your sinfulness. What he sees is the blood of Jesus. And that's so powerful. You see, we don't get that. We don't understand the power of the blood. If we understood the power of the blood, the first time they started that song, there's power, power, wonder working power. You'd be jumping, bobbing, hanging off the chandeliers, running excited. I've seen people on The Price is Right get more excited about winning a washing machine than the people of God when Jesus Christ has washed their sins away. And that's the truth. That's the truth. Amen. I'm telling the truth. Preach it. And so we understand when the psalmist talks about the steps of a good man in our dispensation, that is a man who is walking with Jesus in the power of the Spirit. And according to Paul's writing, there are only two ways to walk in our dispensation of grace. In this church age, there are only two ways to walk. Here it is, Romans 8. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh. That's the one choice but they walk after the spirit. There are only two choices. You walk after the flesh or you walk after the spirit. And I hope some of you are old enough to know you can't trust your flesh. I went to my doctor the other day and I am at a 7.1 on the A1C scale. Anybody that knows, knows I don't need to be scarfing down that delicious peach cobbler that Julie Everett made and brought me to Friday Night Live. But right now, that was Friday night, there is exactly one-fourth of it gone and I have had no help. (laughs) I am quite capable. I know, I watched them cut toes off of my mama. I watched him cut the front half of her foot off. I watched it take her vision. And I'm an idiot eating peach cobbler. You're right, you are. She just called me an idiot, by the way. And she's right, I are. You can't trust your flesh. Your flesh does not, your flesh ain't scared of dying, it's just living for today. Your flesh ain't scared of hell. It's just living for right now. 
Your flesh don't know nothing about heaven and your heart is desperately wicked to boot according to the word of God. You have two choices, ladies and gentlemen. You either walk after the spirit or you walk after the flesh. And this verse is directed to the children of God. Mike Thornsley, pastor, made two very pertinent points concerning this verse. Inside this verse, we find two important attributes of a Christian's walk with God. Number one is his steps are directed, and number two is God delights in that person's walk. Those two things, we're gonna talk about them. David, whom God called a man after his own heart. God called him that, a man after his own heart. He had seen God's direction in his life. He was called at a very young age. He was used in a mighty way at a very young age. But it does not mean that God dictated or forced him to do everything he did. God did not have anything to do with that act with Bathsheba in it. That was all David and that was all that Pete's cobbler eating. Straight up flesh. If he had prayed about Bathsheba, uh-huh, there's some things we don't want to pray about. We, we bought into the idea it's easier to ask forgiveness than get permission. That ain't gonna work at that throne. Just thought I'd throw that in for you. But David veered off a few times from the path, but God had called him a man after his own heart because the predominant nature of the way David kept pulling himself in, he could have let go just like other kings did, but he kept pulling himself in. When, when the prophet looked at him and said, David, you are a sinner, David could have said, guards, take this nincompoop out and cut his tongue out. But he didn't, he repented because David had a desire to stay on the path that God had chosen for him, amen. The Bible said the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and it reveals that God has given directions as to the way his people should walk and live their lives in this world. You see, we have to choose if we're gonna take our orders from the spirit of God or if we're gonna take our orders from the flesh because that's the only two options. You gotta remember that. There's not any other options. You're either gonna take orders from, from the spirit or you're gonna take orders from your flesh. And God's orders are written in his word which should become our roadmap as his children. And everything God wants us to know is found within those covers. Anybody got your Bible? Hold it up. I know a lot of us use electronics now. If you got your Bible, hold it up. Between those two covers is everything we need to survive and to thrive in this walk with God. He didn't leave any stone unturned. Everything God wants us to know is found there. Every situation you can think of is covered between the covers of the Bible. To to read the map is our responsibility. If I'm going on a journey, I've about forgotten how to read a map. Does anybody still take a map with you and read it when you go? Got one or two real old heads. Three, four. Hey, y'all, come up into this next century. We got a thing on our phone called maps. 
Google Maps and Waze. Y'all join us. We're just going where we're, we're just following a map. I read the other day where somebody run off of a bridge following this. <laughs> but I remember those days. Man, I became a master at these young kids, y'all ain't gonna even know what I'm talking about right now. Sometimes that's how we are with the word of God. It's like, That's why you gotta have the spirit. You need to pray first and then open the map and say, God, I know you got a plan for where I'm going today, but I really need your help understanding this map because my flesh is really noisy. My flesh knows I'm at a seven, but it still likes Pete's cobbler. I just gotta decide now which, which toe I won't cut off first. That's dumb, ain't it? Everybody point your finger and say, you dumb, man. Come on, come on. Come on, let me see it. Brother Pegram, thank you. For, you dumb. <laughs> see my finger, see my thumb? Mm-hmm. Yep. Do not bring me that Dr. Pepper cake or Coca-Cola cake, whatever. That woman makes the best cake, and you stay out of the packaging. You understand me? You know who I'm talking to. You. God knows you. <laughs> to listen to rather than ignore the personal guidance system of God's spirit and his word is absolutely a necessity. Study, 2 Timothy, Paul told Timothy, study to show thyself approved unto the church. Y'all getting that scripture up for me? Second Timothy 2.15. I'm trying to preach something that ain't in the book and there, some of them are agreeing, some of them don't know what to do. Second Timothy 2 and 15. Study to show thyself approved not to the church, not to a man, not to a brother or sister, not to mom or dad. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Let me tell you something. Your flesh can make the Bible say anything you want it to say. Anything you want it to say. And if we will follow the word, we will then allow God to order our steps. And this is the testimony of a good man. And so I want to utilize this message this morning to challenge all of us, but I want to honor two of us. The two I want to honor are known by Jesus Christ as Mike and Christy. And at the tender age of 11, Mike West found out on Easter Sunday of 1983 that Jesus Christ was very much alive and it wasn't just a holiday where people look for Easter eggs. On that resurrection Sunday, he was filled with the Holy Ghost and about a week later, he was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of his sins. Miss Christie heard the call to follow in the steps of the Lord when she was 
10 years old at Crusader Camp in 1985 and was baptized later that summer. And five years after he received the Holy Ghost, at 16, at a tender age of 16, Mike West heard the call of God to walk in the steps of the Lord down the pathway of servant ministry. 30 plus years later, Mike West is still leading his family down the path of servant ministry. Mike and Christy West are still loving Jesus. They are still helping people. They are still loving the work of God. And although life has dealt them some very difficult challenges in their family and in their health and even in ministry, they are still allowing their steps to be ordered of the Lord. Mike and Christy West have made up in their heart and their mind that they are gonna follow orders from their master even when it doesn't make sense. And no matter how tough it gets and no matter how challenging things become and no matter the disappointments that come their way, they have chosen for their steps to be ordered of the Lord. Would you give Mike and Christy West a hand right now? for honoring the Lord and for allowing him to order their steps, hallelujah. You see, life seldom goes the way we envision it. Brother Mike had a very powerful job earning a lot of money, traveling, flying him all over the country and some things cratered in his body and sometimes life don't go the way we envision it and we can get mad and we can stomp our feet when we get dealt something like that or we can make up our mind. God, this did not surprise you and I know you love me and whatever has happened here, I've just gotta hear your voice through the blowing of the winds and the thundering and the clouds. I've just got to still follow you no matter how tough it gets. No one escapes disappointment. No one escapes hardship. Jesus, the one who forgave all of us of our wickedness did not mince his words when he declared in Matthew chapter five and verse 43, ye have heard that it hath been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. And then he said, this is why, verse 45, that you may be children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good. And he sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. Amen. Serving God and allowing him to order your steps does not always mean there will be sunshine. You only have to look at 12 disciples to figure it out that if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are still of all men most miserable. 11 of them died a martyr's death and one of them was cast out to an island and had tremendous trouble and persecution. You see, here's the deal. When it comes to having your steps ordered to the Lord, I'm just gonna cut to the chase and to my title. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. And the gate that you gotta have 
is going to get you through those gates. You say, what's a gate? Well, a horse, some horses, they're gated. They have a specific walk, specific step. A gate is a person's manner of walking. And you know when that changes. I don't know what's happened to you in the last few days, but your gait ain't the same. I was watching. I'm a shepherd. My daddy taught me you got to watch out for things. I saw you limping. Your gait's changed. Something's changed your gait. You know that. Your kids, you've raised any kids? Uh, unless you, you know, lick their lips and stick them to their refrigerator, then you're going to see them walking around the house. And you know when something's wrong with them. You see something changes. You see what changes about them. Amen. My mama watched for me. She said, what's wrong with you? You look at your children. And, and our gait is a manner of walking. Some have a faster gait than others. Some have a slower gait. Some have a good gait, and it appears that they've never been injured. Some have a limp in their gait. Sometimes your gait includes a skip and a hop with your head held high. Other times the skies fill up with storm clouds and your head hangs a little bit and your gait becomes slow and bedraggled. And I'm here to declare to you today that your gait is not nearly as important as simply making sure that your steps are ordered to the Lord because your gait gets altered along the way. You go through things, you go through situations. Life gets crazy and your gait may change. But what I wanna say to you is these steps, this is what the Lord spoke to me about this message. When you're walking and your steps are ordered, you gotta step up, you gotta step in, you gotta step over and repeat. Step up, step in, step over and repeat. Step up, step in, Step over, step in, step over, and repeat. And that is vitally important. When God calls you, you need to step up. When God calls you to repent, you need to step up. If God deals with you in a message and the word of God's going forth or if the spirit of God's drawing you, don't white knuckle the pew in front of you and resist God, just step up. You're going to be all right. When the Spirit of God moves on you to receive the Holy Ghost, step up. When you feel him dealing with you about something, step up. Because the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Step up. Step in. Step over. Somebody shout, step up. Look at your neighbor and say, step up. Your steps are ordered of the Lord. Somebody say, step in. When God begins to invite you into deeper waters, when God calls you to more consecration, when God deals with you about the level of your personal commitment, amen, when God deals with you about your money or your time or your involvement in the kingdom, somebody say step in. That's the safest place to be. It's not easy and it will always demand some degree of sacrifice. But let me just point out that the whole church and the redemption plan of God is built on the greatest sacrifice ever known to humanity. And if you are under the illusion that you're gonna slip by and hear Jesus say, well done, without some sacrifice, then you are under an illusion of deception. You're not gonna hear the leader of the organization that, that 
Jesus is leading, you're not going to hear well done without enduring some sacrifice because that's what started this thing. There is nothing free. Even a tree had to give its life for the toothpick you use after your meal. Tell that to the vegans. Poor tree. Don't pick your vegetables out of your teeth and run me down because I ate Billy the swine or poor tree. There's nothing free. And salvation costs Jesus everything, including his blood, and it's going to cost you something. You see, salvation is not free, but it has been paid for. However, if you're going to allow God to order your steps, there will be some steep places along the way that's going to cost you. You see, if I meet you in a restaurant and I buy your meal, you didn't get a free meal. And it wasn't nothing about it free. I paid for it. Your salvation didn't cost you. It cost him everything. Amen. And so we got to understand, folks, that there is a need of our perspective for sacrifice. If you're not prepared to make a sacrifice, you're ultimately going to turn back. I want to say that again. Uh, you got to hear this. If you're not prepared to make a sacrifice, you will ultimately turn back because the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, but those steps will include some heels. So go ahead and step in. Job 23 said, there, there the righteous might dispute with him, so should I be delivered for, for every, forever from my judge. Behold, I go forward, he's not there. I go backward, I cannot perceive him. On the left hand where he doth work, but I cannot find, behold him, he hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. But he knows where I am. Look at that scripture. He knoweth the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, I'm telling you, your path will take you through some situations that you don't understand. And you don't know where God is. And you don't know why he's doing what he's doing. I will never understand why my precious mom, who served God since she was a little girl, went to 13 schools because her daddy was a church planner. She had to go to a new school every single year and start all over. And she gave her life then to ministry. And I watched her knock doors. I watched her go in and step over people and wake children up and get them dressed and bring them to church. And some of them are in the church today when most of their families in prison are dead. But they made it because a mama went in and got them. And that woman, God let her suffer for 10 years with osteomyelitis and amputations and then the losing of the mind and a lot of pain and I shook my head saying God I do not understand this but does it matter now that 10 years of suffering is like a blip on the scale because now she is in eternity her steps were ordered of the Lord and she walked through the valley of sacrifice I told it at the funeral, 
I stepped out of the elevator that one day and, and I, I had to walk this way about 10 feet, down this hall about 35 feet, 40 feet, then down the long hall about 75, 80 feet and then into her room. But that's how far it was. When I stepped out of the elevator, I could hear her praying and worshiping and talking to God as it rambled through those hallways because she refused to turn loose of the God who was ordering, ordering, ordering her steps. Hey man, just cause you go through some crazy stuff and you get hurt, you get offended. Every one of the disciples got hurt and offended and beat up. Amen. So step in. Somebody say step over. There are some things that the devil will throw in your path and you better learn to step over. There are some situations that you cannot fix. You just have to step over and keep moving. You can cry over spilt milk if you choose, but it won't gather it back into the bottle. Only God has the power to recover spilt milk. The devil loves it when we halt our progress over something that we should just find the grace of God and step over. devil loves it when we just stand there and turn around fussing, cussing, fighting. Why is this in my pathway? Why did this happen to me? Why did I have to go through this? Why did so-and-so do this to me? Why in God's name, in God's name, get a hold of the grace of God and start stepping over because the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord and I promise you it's not God's will for you to stand there and just keep ruminating that junk. Come on and get the grace of God and step over. You hear Brother West's personal testimony. There's so many reasons. He had so many reasons not to serve God. He had so many reasons not to walk with God, but he just stepped over. There are some things the devil loves. There are some situations you can't fix. The devil loves it when we just refuse to get a hold of the grace of God. Notice Listen, notice Paul, okay? Okay, preacher, you can run your mouth with a silver spoon in your mouth and you've lived nothing but a perfect life. Someday I'll tell you all our story. If there's anybody in this house, by the grace of God, you're looking at him. And when you see me shouting, it ain't for you, honey. When you see me shouting, I know where I would be if it was not for the mercy. Oh God, I refuse to come into the house and hear about the goodness of God and the mercy of God and give him the kind of praise that the Old Testament saints gave him even without the Holy Ghost. They worshiped, they danced even without the Holy Ghost. They worshiped and danced even though their sins were not rolled away. Our sins have been obliterated. We got a reason. We got a reason to worship. Woo! Ah! Woo! Jesus, I love you. Jesus, 
So, lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. I gotta learn, I can preach or I can worship. Lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord three times, that it might depart from me. Now this is Paul. He said, I besought the Lord diligently. I don't mean, I don't think that means he went to one prayer service and said, Lord, deliver me from this. I think it was seasons where he went through entire seasons fasting, praying, asking for deliverance. Three times. He desperately wanted it gone. He wanted it gone bad enough to write about it. And it didn't go. And so he said, the Lord said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee because my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. Don't none of you say amen right now because you know you don't believe this like I don't believe it. Bunch of frustrating mess. I don't know what he was smoking when he wrote this. Dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in For when I am weak, then I must talk. You go ahead and look at me all hypocritical you want to. You know you don't believe that mess either. Ain't nothing about your flesh likes that scripture. That's why I'm telling you, you're either going to be ordered by your flesh or you're going to be ordered by the Spirit because your flesh don't even speak this language. So I have to ask for the grace of God to help me step over my infirmities. And if Job could say, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him, then I can find help to do the same. And Mike and Christy West do it every single morning. They step over their physical infirmities every single day in order to fulfill the will of God in their life. They get up and step over their infirmities because Mike and Christy know that the gate does not matter as much as the ordering of the steps. You may have struggles. You may have to do this and you may have to do that and you may limp a while, but as long as your steps are ordered of the Lord, your gate will get you through those gates. Woo! Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 12 in ESV says, for the sake of Christ, then I'm content. I'm content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then am I strong. I pray for the grace of God to help all of us step over. We need to step over some weakness. We need to step over some insults some hardships, some persecutions, and some calamities. Step up, step in, step over, repeat. Step up, step in, 
Step over. Repeat. See how many times do I have to repeat it? Until you hear the gates click behind your nappy hide. Just keep stepping up, stepping in, stepping over, and repeat. It's going to be worth it all. I promise you. If you'll just keep repeating them, these steps, no pun intended, your gate or your manner of walking will carry you through the pearly gates. Your gate will get you through the pearly gates if your steps are ordered of the Lord. Your gate ain't gonna get you through the pearly gates if your steps ain't ordered of the Lord and you gotta hear it from the Spirit because it ain't gonna come from the flesh. Amen, which leads me to the second attribute of our key verse, which is that God delights in the ways of a good man. And I got about five minutes to get the 12 o'clock people out of here. Second Corinthians 12, 10, therefore I take pleasure in infirmities and approaches, sessions, okay, so I have to ask for the grace of God. Something has got to help me get past this. Notice Matthew 16, 24, it shows us the path to delighting God. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, now this is totally, I could get thrown out of America in the Western culture for this scripture. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Do what? And take up his cross. What? And follow me. You see, to deny ourselves is to yield our will and our dreams to Christ. Taking up our cross is not just to say that we are Christians, but to show it by assuming, gladly assuming the shame and reproach of that cross. When we do this, we are following the example of Jesus, which is the true essence of being a Christian, that is Christ-like. And this is what God delights in. Today, in our convoluted culture, if we're not very careful, many of us will end up walking in pride. Let me tell you, we are a proud culture. We're proud of this, we're proud of that. We're proud, my kid's better than your kid. My kid's smarter than your kid. My school's better than your school. And it's easy to get caught up in pride. These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that deviseth wicked imaginations. Feet that be swift in running to mischief. A false witness that speaketh lies. And he that soweth discord among the brethren. You wanna know what God hates? There it is. So compare this passage to the beautiful passage of the prophet. Micah 6 said, Wherewith shall I come before the Lord? And how bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings and with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of blood sacrifices or with 10,000 of rivers of oil? Shall I give my very firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Is that what it takes to please God? No, the prophet said. He has showed the old man what is good and what doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God and with the exorbitant price which Jesus Christ paid to be my savior we need to hang our pride on that cross and yield ourselves to his directions and follow him I promise you if you'll do this you'll hear well done thou good and faithful servant 
Scott Graham used this story in a message. I, I don't remember the message exactly, but in 1973, a man by the name of Peter Jenkins made a decision to walk across America. I wonder if he used a GPS. I'm not sure. In search for his country and himself, he set out on a journey 4,500 miles long. And through the plains of the Midwest and the mountains of the desert, the snow, the wind, the rain, the ice, the heat, many miles almost being killed at times uh, uh, on numerous occasions, run over by a truck, beaten by rednecks and all the rest of the things he went through. After his journey, a reporter asked him, was there anything that almost made you want to quit? The severe temperatures, the physical fatigue, the exhaustion, the sunburn. And Peter responded, the only thing that almost made me give up was sand in my shoes. Sand in his shoes. Really? Out of all the challenges, obstacles, and barriers, sand was the breaking point. He said he couldn't figure out a way to keep the sand out of his shoes every day, every day. Hmm. I love this story, I love that answer. What a fantastic reminder to all of us that it's the little things on the daily basis that are gonna get us if we're not careful. It may very well be the little things that affect your ability to walk with God that determines your eternal destiny. And you say, preacher, that's not a big deal. Yes, it is! Preacher, that don't really matter. Yes, it does. I worry about people going through things, but I also worry about people that forget the little things matter. As a follower of a path that's ordered to the Lord, it matters about the little things. As a follower of a path that's constantly being sabotaged by the devil, the little things matter. You think the devil don't have something planned for you this afternoon? Tomorrow? He's already making one of your coworkers mad right now so they'll give you fits tomorrow. So what are you doing about the little things that move you from the category of unfaithful over to the category of faithful? Are you conscientious about the little things that will ultimately make a big difference? Are you investing in a good pair of shoes Shoes that'll walk by faith and not by sight. If you gotta understand everything to walk with God, you'll never get there. You gotta have shoes that'll take orders by faith. For Peter Jenkins, the little things, the sand worked against him. In hearing and following in the steps of the Lord, not doing little things can work against us. You say, oh, that wasn't a big deal. Yes, it was. It's gonna affect you. On the other hand, doing little things to serve God and one another can help us cross the line from the disengaged to the eternally loyal. And there's an old Chinese proverb that says, what makes one tired is not the high mountain far away, but the sand in one's shoes. You see, perspective is everything how we view all things and how we establish our priorities will make all the difference. What we make a big deal out of will be a big deal in our life, either good or bad. 
What we make a big deal out of, it's gonna make a big deal in our life for good or bad. If your hobbies away from God are a big deal, it's gonna get in between you and God. If you make the things of God a big deal, your family's gonna be blessed because you made what was important to God a big deal. And you have to make that choice. Hey man, I'd be crazy. I'd be crazy to get this stuff mixed up. When I used to work in the sandy oil fields of New Mexico, set up mobile offices and bunkhouse trailers on those barren drilling sites, I always had to empty the sand out of my boots and my ears and my nose and my belly button and everywhere else because sand just has a way of getting in. Just like life. I'd be crazy to think I was gonna work under trailer houses on a barren rig site in the desert of New Mexico and not get sand in my shoes because sand is part of the deal, folks. You cannot walk through this old dry, weary land without getting sand in your shoes, but you can stop as often as you need to and empty the sand. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry our shoes and dump out the sand in the presence of God and say, God, I know this may not sound like a big deal, but it's affecting me. Make sure you're praying before you start your day. I need some of you. I know God's been talking to some of you about getting here for six o'clock prayer and some of you even earlier. And you need to get here. You say, I don't have a key. I can take care of that. If you don't come here, at least start your day. If you're not starting your day early, I'm pleading my case. You gotta get up and empty the sand out of your shoes from yesterday if you're gonna walk by faith today. Empty the sand before you put your shoes on and you're walking by faith and this old earth is in opposition to the walk of faith. Make sure the word of God is speaking into your life often. The Bible said Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. See, that's what was about to happen to me there. That's about to take off. So if you will allow God to order your steps and I'm closing, musicians will come 12 o'clock people were two minutes over. Please forgive me. If you will allow God to order your steps, you can also have this testimony that God took me. God took me. I was just being faithful. God took me. <laughs> There's coming a day when no heartaches will come. No more clouds in the sky. No more tears to dim the eye. <laughs> what a day. Come on, church, step up, step in, step over, and repeat. If you'll just re keep repeating these steps, your gate will get you through the pearly gates if your steps are ordered to the Lord. And I pray for the grace of God to help us all step over pride and lust and fear and bitterness 
and weakness and insults and hardships, persecutions and calamities. Oh God, somebody right now needs to just step in. Somebody else right now is feeling your spirit asking them to step up. And there are some here that really just need to step over some things like the Apostle Paul, knowing your grace is sufficient. The steps of a good man or order to the Lord. Sister Chelsea, you can get ready for your baptism. Somebody, if you would, some our baptismal team, help her get up there. Brother Farhat will be baptizing her in a minute. Precious God, would you just reverence this sanctuary for a moment and just begin to ask the Lord, which, which one is it? Come on, you know what it is. Some of you need to go ahead and step in. God's been dealing with you. Some of you need to step up. Some of you need to step over. God wants to order your steps. And he'll work with you. Just sing it softly if you don't mind. Let the presence of God envelop us right now again. If you want this altar, it's all yours. You're welcome to come if you're comfortable where you are. Let's just invite the presence of the Lord to assist us in whatever it is, stepping up, stepping in, stepping over. You say, I've done it a thousand times. Just keep repeating it. Keep repeating it. It's like brushing your teeth. Just keep doing it. Just keep.